Eugene, I heard you joined a cult. All right, Teresa, it's not a cult. My friends from the retreat are going to hear this. You were very mysterious about the whole thing. It's because I didn't even know what I was going to. But yeah. If you didn't know what you were going to, why did you go to it? I put a blind faith in Julia who invited me and I was like, yo, let's just go. Let's, let's actually, you know what? I deliberately told myself, don't, don't try to like organize and plan every single part of this trip. Just let, let it happen. You intentionally underprepared. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Which is. Did that work out for you? Let me ask you this. Do you think I'm one that generally prepares? Yes. Which is why it's uncharacteristic. Yes, I I know. So did that work out for you? Yeah. Yeah. I I think there's a lot of interesting things that I kind of uncovered over the course of this trip. Okay. If you didn't join a cult, what what did you go do? I went to a retreat. A retreat is a really vague word. And I honestly, it only gives me like slightly more confidence that you didn't join a cult. At the end of the day, this whole thing uh, called Focus Hida, where it in general, like it could happen anywhere. Like Hida being the place I was at, which is in the Jifu prefecture, which is kind of like central western Japan. Okay. It's about four hours any which way from Osaka or Tokyo. Four okay. or five hours. Yeah. So it's like a really sleepy town. And in a in a time and place when Japan is experiencing a lot of depopulation, the way people have described it is like just a, a town with energy. Okay. Which is a bit of a rarity, I'd say. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, you've been across Japan and you kind of know how things are. Like there's generally a very elderly population. Yes. Yeah. And they usually look like they are shrinking in size as opposed to growing and having new things happening. Okay. So you had total confidence before going in in your friend that it was yes, worth Julia. your time. Yep. And when you got there, what did you discover? The whole gamut of people there was, you know, there was really broad. How, I would say how on, many people? There's like 16 of us, 14 to 16. So some people were um, coming and going. Not everyone stayed, you know, over the course of the three, four days. Okay. So some people stayed, share their projects, and unfortunately they had to, to leave. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But overall, it was like, if you looked on paper, it was like people with tech backgrounds, publishers, designers, photographers. There's a the whole range of people, like people that worked in advertising. Was the purpose meant to be that all 14, 16 of you came from really different industries or... What was the similarity I, I between think, this group? Yeah, I think the, the the fabric within it is that every single person was introduced and brought on board because they had something interesting to talk about in regards to a creative project. Okay. So it could be something from the past, something from the present. It was supposed to be sort of these these conversation starters. And I, I honestly don't want to talk too much about like the exact people that were there. That's fine. And the reason why is like, I think that Inevitably, this this was an interesting sort of experience because people are coming at different points of their career looking for that next path to follow or to go down. And what that meant was like, there's a sense of vulnerability there. And I didn't necessarily go there to do a story on this, right? But I feel like sufficiently compelled that this is an experience worth sharing in terms of like how to think about things. And I think that was the most impactful takeaway was it's not necessarily the process of doing why you're doing it and how to create purpose behind what you're doing. Okay. Which I wouldn't necessarily say I've been lacking. It's always helpful to, to see high operating people come to a point and be like, hey, you know what? This is a way for you to structure your thoughts and how you view your creative projects and how to do it in a certain way that brings fulfillment. And I'm, I'm very careful with my words because I didn't say efficiency, which I would probably say in the past, like 
you know, I'm, I like to be very efficient, like ruthlessly efficient. Mm-hmm. And by virtue of us all being here, all like unplugged in many ways, you kind of realize that this whole process is is very fluid, right? Okay. Does that no, bring a sense I'm of not, skepticism? I'm not skeptic. I'm, I'm not skeptical of what you're saying at all. I'm thinking about how it's interesting that you're initial description of it being a retreat is correct based off of what you are now describing as your takeaway because the intention sounds like to me find a way to rest and grow in your own individual workflows and systems and it wasn't for some intention of getting together with someone else and collaborating on something new or even to you know, push your no, own agenda. Really. No. Like you didn't go there to like promote making specifically. No, no. And I like the fact that I didn't know what anyone did. And there's a lot of pleasant surprises there of what people have done and what they want to do. Because at the end of the day, like, and I use this as an example when I first introduced myself, I'm the guy that is about to go buy new pens on Amazon. And I'm spending eight hours researching what the best possible pen to buy is. And I sort of realized how destructive that can be. Like, you feel like you're you're accomplishing so much, but I, I, I think I needed to reassess where I put my time and energy. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, though, to hear you. You know, we, we talk a lot, and it's strange to have you come back from what was a three, four-day retreat and have seriously re-evaluated the way you do things. You know, I don't think that it's what pushed me over the edge. I don't think that I was put onto this at the start of the trip and embraced it towards the end i think this validated it before you left for japan you were telling me how you were experiencing anxiety for one of your the first times yeah anxiety well which i think is pretty normal i mean i I, think anxiety is normal and i'm not trying to judge you in some way for experiencing it i'm commenting on the context of you going to hita having been anxious about your work and thinking about the things that are on your plate with a different attitude already. When I look back on it, I don't, I didn't come back from the trip having less anxiety. Not that I want to be very clear that it's not like I'm, I'm living in constant fear because of the anxiety, something I recognize more and more. And I don't like to take, how do I put it? I don't like to be in a position where because someone else feels it, that I should just, you know, go with the flow of that. And that's just me, right? Like, like I looked at, all the people around me in the in the room when we we're giving presentations and I thought to myself man these people are very successful like they've done a lot of great things yet they seem to not always be happy and they don't always seem to have purpose mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself like what does that mean for me and I don't I feel a little bit uncomfortable thinking that because they're showing weakness that it's that I should just revel in the fact that they can't they're, they're struggling too. What do you mean revel in the fact? In this case, do you also feel that you struggle with purpose? No. And the being thing happy? Is, or are um, you saying that you you don't struggle with purpose and you do feel happy and therefore you look at the people around you and think, oh, I'm not feeling the same way as these people. Yeah, I thought it was in that regard kind of weird. Like I, these are people that have done so many amazing things. I'm like, man, they, for whatever reason, they, they're in a, a tough spot where they're looking to find the next move, right? And I don't, I didn't want, I felt almost uncomfortable being like, hey, it's okay because these people that have achieved more than you have a sense of 
they're, they're looking for their next oh, thing. Oh, I see now what you mean. I think what you're trying to say is that you don't want to look at other people as a prescription for the way you're leading your life. I don't, I don't want to be in a position where someone else's pain or their their struggles makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. That's that's the exact thing I'm trying to get at. Okay. Yeah, and I think that was the interesting part of it all. But I don't think you usually fall into that trap anyway of looking at other people and seeing but, and, it and, mind and, you, and I'm, comparing yourself yeah. to them or thinking about them differently in relative to how you're doing it. No, but it made me think a little bit deeper about what I'm doing, you know? And you can kind of see my uncertainty in communicating that. Like, you can hear it. It's like... I don't really have an answer. And I think that in many ways, what was so interesting about this whole thing was, you know, being based in Hong Kong, being based in the publishing world. And I I told a lot of these people, it's like, it's these conversations that we have are a bit of a rarity. Like I felt like- The conversations that you and the people in Hita were having. Like just the, the frequency, how organically it sprung up. Like you're talking about deep shit without really needing to like preface it and to like ease into it. Like everyone was sort of down for it. But did they say, you know, it's rare where we're from too? I don't think so. You don't think so? Because I'm the only one that said it. I think that I'm, I was the one that looked at all these people that, you know, they do things that you're familiar with, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at everything they've done, you're like, oh man, like I've heard of that, I've heard of this. Oh, you, the way you like talk about this person is because they're your boss, right? And you just kind of get this feeling that, you know, this is part of the regular sort of landscape. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's why for me, I'm like, man, this is like so fascinating because it's not like I felt out of my element, but it's like, it's very invigorating to be able to engage in these things because it makes me start peel away the layers of what I'm usually thinking about or like helping other people contextualize and challenge how I'm thinking. And I see like the look on your face. It's kind of like, but you know, it's because you are constantly described as being the person who cannot do a light conversation. Yeah. More than one person has said that. that I hate, I hate small talk. Yeah, exactly. And that Eugene will always push a conversation to the deepest place possible. Okay. That's, that's Eugene. So as fast as possible, is it not true that all the other people at Hita are like you. Maybe. Where in their circles, they're the Eugene. They're the people who, this is the commonality I'm seeing so far, is that they're the people who cannot do small talk and only want to have the deep conversations. And therefore for you guys, it feels like, oh, actually every conversation is like this. That's what I felt like. It was pretty fun though, I have to say. Just like thinking about things framed in a way like, I'm not trying to put this stuff on a pedestal. Like, oh man, like I had this super intellectual conversation. Did you? Who's the last, who's the last person you talked to and you had this super in-depth convo with? It's less about that. You, the last person I had an in-depth convo with was you. Okay. But that's the thing. It's like, there's so many interesting things that just as much we push ourselves mentally, physically, whatever, like it's just good to be pushed. Okay, tell me programmatically, like the actual meats and potatoes of it like what you did yeah i mean actually it's really loose the the only sort of like established things were in the morning you make breakfast i I made breakfast on the last day like i got pretty lit up to be honest had a few drinks you know and i like forced myself to wake up at like 6 45 to make eggs for everybody because i had to leave a little bit early what did you make just eggs scrambled eggs all right and then uh every day there was about two or three hours allotted towards these presentations that were mm-hmm. about 15, 20 minutes long. And 
Aside from that, we went to an onsen. You know, everyone got naked and we got super down with each other. Wait, that sounds <laughs> kind of weird. But yeah, no, anyways. <laughs> if you know onsen culture in Japan, it is what it is. You're, um, you're a married man. I think you need to retract that statement. It's separated by gender. Anyways. Okay. Presentations, onsen. We did a hike that I hated. And the reason I hated the hike is just too slow. But I also think I need to do more things that I don't like. Okay. Yeah. There's lots of things I don't like doing. You're free to do them for me. The hike to me, I would have preferred just like ran up that hill as fast as I could and killed myself within 45 minutes, half an hour, whatever, and then chilled afterwards. Like I, I don't like chilling on the way up. I'm going to pass on commenting on this. Yeah. That's how most people hike, but it's fine. Yeah. You're not most people. Was this the first time the organizers had held something like this? Yeah, and I think they were, Craig and Yan were super happy with the output, I think. Output sounds weird because that's not the intention, but the way it all came together, like I don't think you could have really scripted anything How better. do you think they measure whether it was successful to them? I think the quality of conversation and interaction. But how do they even know? I mean, I don't think that it's something they're trying to quantify, right? But it's just that if you see people smiling, laughing, and like genuinely emotionally moved by their surroundings and the people they're with i mean that's a win it's not like you're counting victory by how many people cry or how many people hug each other right not to say that there needs to be some kind of metric some kind of solid number by which they measure success but for any project when you start and set out on it you should know what end result means that i did this well the the stuff that happened over the course of those few days are I mean, it's kind of a vibe, right? When everyone left, like you could tell people like probably created long-term relationships and friendships based off that. One thing that was really interesting is the organizers asked if you could check in a year from now and see how this event had an effect on your life, whether it's professional or personal, whatever it may be. So maybe we don't know. Until a year from now. Yeah, but I, I honestly think that you've already recognized how I look at things differently now. Part of me is like so straight edged. This strikes me as a very non-scalable thing. Which is totally fine, right? I didn't say it in a negative way. <laughs> I'm just describing it as a yeah. thing that is very non-scalable. Yeah. When I first sort of like started interacting with people, they talked about a lot of things that I felt or is it very prototypical I guess, tech? It was like, hey, I went to this retreat where we were meditating eight hours a day. And I'm like, holy, what did I get myself into? And then I sort of realized like what other people do and how they approach being effective is on them, right? You know, maybe at some point in time, I'll feel like I, I want to try it. I want to challenge myself because I don't feel there's one particular way on how you can mold and shape yourself to be successful or happy or find purpose is really what you feel is the right way to do it for you. And I think that's the open-mindedness that I'm starting to embrace and to understand a bit more. And like the one thing is like, there's no absolutes. I think it was one of the guys, um, Mac, who was like, you know, he came away with knowing there are no sort of absolutes. Mm -hmm. So like to be absolutely certain about something, I mean, does that really exist? I don't think so. Yeah, because if you are, then you're basically shutting off a lot of other incoming perspectives, right? I think that's one of the critical things. I met people there that on any given day, any given moment, I would have very little, if any chance, of crossing paths with them. 
So to be able to like, you know, put yourself next to people that are of a certain sort of like caliber, which is not, not the interesting part. The interesting part is more that we live in a current world where you generally put yourself next to people that are like-minded. You know, by virtue of social media, you can find who shares the same thoughts as you and you can potentially take that offline. I was thrust into a place where these are people that we were never friends before. It's not like I, I knew who these people were. I basically got put onto them before this trip. And now it's like, oh, I understand what it's like to be more open-minded, like truly open-minded. Because the thing that connects you really isn't just about something very superficial. Like, you know, it comes to Instagram. Oh, like sneakers. I'm gonna follow this person because it's based on sneakers, right? Or this person is a fitness model. It's like, you actually said some deep, meaningful shit that I like fuck with, right? For lack of a better way of putting it. It's interesting hearing you describe yourself in this group because I think you come across a little as if you're saying that you were not at the same caliber as these people to I, use I don't think I'll ever feel like I'm, I'm, I deserve a seat at the table, but I'll fight for my seat at the table. But I don't even think that's accurate. But that's, I think that's what I've self-instilled because if I don't have that sense of like humility or hunger, then I'm, I'm that that's always something that weighs on me. I think that that is your self-perception, but I want to make it clear anyway that I don't think that's an accurate perception of yourself in this group. And I would hazard to say that what's interesting about putting this group of people together is maybe all of you could have that feeling of being pushed by each other. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just, you were not the only person receiving that kind of encouraging pressure from yeah. the people around you. Like they would be feeling the same thing too. And maybe it's a combination of all of you being at a certain phase in your careers and having achieved a certain amount of things and expressed yeah. your viewpoints. And therefore you're able to trust that each one there wants the rest of you to secede. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it was truly like a community of people wanting each other to succeed. And I think one thing that it's always weighed on my mind is what Craig said. He's like, he, he felt as though there's a lot of people at uh, Focus Hita that have achieved a lot of great things and they feel whatever they do next has to better what they did in the past. And he's like, actually, it doesn't need to be like that. 